And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Mile High Green Cross. Sign up for their loyalty program today and you will get 20% off your entire purchase once per month. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, I very unfortunately have got to combine uh, a couple of topics that I would really Really rather keep 5,280 feet apart, but just because of timing and the fact that I've got to produce content here, I've got to give you some podcasting. I was planning on doing it all about game 163 in 2007, which MLB Network graciously decided to play today for all of us to get to relive only for the fun and joy and serenity of watching probably the greatest game in the history of the Colorado Rockies, certainly my favorite game that I have ever watched as a fan, and it got interrupted by the GD Boston Red Sox and a cheating scandal. Just, you know, I... (laughs) Let me back up a second and just from a from a personal standpoint for just a moment. I've, I think, been handling the current situation in the world pretty well. I, I've talked about this before. I, I'm very comfortable staying home. I'm very comfortable finding things to do. I play video games and music, and I'm a big movie and TV person. I've got plenty of these kinds of things to do. I've got you all to talk to whenever I need someone to talk to. Uh, so... You know, I'm I'm nowhere near at the worst off of people who are going through anything right now. But the one thing, obviously, that's that's missing for me that is also missing for all of you, the one pain that we're all feeling the same together here is, is no baseball, right? And there's also been this kind of growing frustration I've had with even the old games that have been available for us to watch. There's a limited number of them that include the Rockies doing good to great things. And they seem to all be broadcast by the opposing team. So we have to hear Coors Field the whole time, yada, yada, yada. And there was even plenty of that in this. They they started out the broadcast, the national broadcast of game 163 in 2007, talking about you know how the Rockies were on a roll and like doing this weird terminology of like, well, but you can't you can't argue with the results. It's like it seems like you want to, though. It seems like you're you're trying to somehow argue with it and and you know say, well, it's about how you finish. And like, 
that all these sort of qualifying statements as to whether or not the Rockies were actually a good team. And I understand that some people were still unsure about that at the time. And some people are unsure about it to this day, but it was just so nice to be able to sit back and watch a good baseball game played by good baseball teams and have that be the focus. And of course, knowing yes, the ending is going to be that exciting and all of this amazing stuff is going to happen. But, but then and I hope you've got your Breck brew ready. I hope you've got your Colorado core, your hot peak IPA, your avalanche, whatever it is, you've, you've got it ready. Cause then breaking news. In the fifth inning, I think the score was five to four at the time, right? We're watching this old game. Rockies are down, but we're having a good time. Adrian Gonzalez hit a grand slam. Ah, might have killed you at the time, but you're good. You're good. Fogger got through the inning, 5-3. No big deal. Now it's 5-4. Todd Helton with the big home run. We got ourselves a ball game. This is some good baseball. For all the marbles, the crowd was way up, then the crowd was way down, and now they're back into it after the Helton homer. We're having, we're playing some baseball out here. Breaking. Red Sox cheated. We almost all probably knew that that was the case. Now we know to what extent that is the case and what the punishments for the cheating will be. Most of this was probably predictable. Uh, I, I won't say that for sure because I didn't speculate myself very specifically. I don't think I would have guessed one year suspensions. That's what we got. Uh, assuming we have a baseball season this year. Uh, those of you who followed my reaction to the Houston Astros situation will not be surprised to learn that I find this to be utterly ineffective and not even close to enough. If you're talking about trying to create a deterrence for people doing this in the future, this is not it. Alex Cora being able to be back in the game of baseball, theoretically managing one of 30 major league clubs in 2021 doesn't sound like a guy who should feel bad for potentially playing a major role in two different sign-stealing cheating scandals. I mean, I heard Richard Justice say, and because I, I had to, because I was waiting to see if they were going to bring the Rockies game back on. But of course, th this is all the coverage. And, and I will say this. I understand from MLB Network's point of view why, with this being the only thing to talk about and all of these reporters on staff, and they're all going to have slightly different takes, you bring them all on to talk about it. You dive into it as much as possible. I think they could have done a little bit better of getting into the nitty gritty if they were going to dive in that deep. But I understand where they're coming from. It's the only news right now. We'd all be doing the same thing. We're going to do the same thing with our NFL draft coverage. It's something to cover. We cover sports for a living. So even though I don't have anything, I know nothing about the NFL. Well, I know very little about the NFL. I know nothing about college football. I'm going to help out with NFL draft coverage. I, so I totally get where MLB Network is coming from. It just, it just, it's brutal. It just sucks. I don't like to use that word very often, but that's what this does. It just, it is, it is a brutal situation for Rockies fans. It's like, hey, we get a day where we can just kind of relive this great moment in our lives, or our history, and, um, you know, instead, the parade is rained on by Boston Red Sox, who, of course, would ultimately 
and the the parade that year for the Colorado Rockies and sweeping them out of the World Series and and Rocktober, you know, was dead at that point. <clears throat> but to, to to be able to even just forget that for a moment and relive Game One Sixty Three was this really nice breath of fresh air that I think we all needed. And so, if you're anything like me, uh, and you you really just don't you just hate this cheating scandal stuff, the sign stealing thing. Those of you who are wondering um, why it's so bad, if you're kind of new to that conversation and, and, and you're not so sure about it, uh, I did an explainer video that you can find on YouTube about why the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal was really, really bad. And it's way worse than just normal sign stealing. This Boston Red Sox thing does exist in a space kind of between the biggest difference appears to be, and, and I think this is actually a huge deal, is that the Houston Astros scandal was a top-down, organization-wide, kind of instructed and understood, put-in-place system where it does sound like with the Boston Red Sox, there was more like a few guys didn't know the rules. Some guys were purposefully kind of being iffy with them but even then they didn't go to the same lengths to like decode in the same game sometimes the same inning uh the the signs of that day that's not even what the red sox are accused of so like they're not even accused of doing uh, as bad a thing as what the astros have been found guilty of in my estimation anyway in my analysis but still uh you're not going to i don't think you create much of a deterrence with these one-year suspensions and also kind of making it look like it was all just the video guy. And we've talked about this before. It's I don't want to get back into the knot of why players were or weren't suspended or, or really punished in any way and whether the players you needed the right thing in fighting for that or if Manfred caved in, in allowing uh, a kind of immunity for the players. Um, ultimately, all, all of us have brains inside of our heads, and we know that a video guy can't all by himself steal signs and implement them at the plate. At some point, a player has to become involved. You have to know where you're getting your information or what kind of information you're getting or the certainty with which you're getting that information. If a guy says, you know, hey, really look out for that 2-1 slider, that's a huge difference from, hey, slider's coming. Be ready. Those are two very different things. And you as a player know that. It wasn't just the video guy. Same in Houston. It wasn't just the front office people and scouts and the behind-the-scenes people. It does not work that way. You cannot successfully implement a sign-stealing scandal without the participation of the players. Maybe not all of them, but absolutely some of them. Can't do it without them. Doesn't work. The, the whole thing would be meaningless if it wasn't ultimately filtered through the ball player who has to do the thing. Swing the bat, hit the ball. You know, the baseball part of it. In theory. So this is very frustrating uh, because Major League, like the Major League Baseball Network here, has just decided 
you know, that's it. We're doing this for the rest of the day that it comes right here in the middle of this, this thing. Yeah. Annika trip down memory lane would have been nice. And it was nice while it was going on there for a minute. And that this is not only a Red Sox centric story, but one about a cheating scandal just makes it that much worse. You know, it's understandably news. So in that way, it makes it a little bit better. Like if it was just, hey, we're breaking in to tell you right now that the Red Sox have made a big signing. Like that would probably be a little bit more of a slap in the face or something. Or like they made a big trade or if they just inducted somebody into a whatever. But (laughs) um, that that the sign-stealing thing continues to be a cloud over major league baseball and ruin stuff like this is just another reason why this garbage needs to be stamped out and why these penalties needed to be much harsher. There are more important ones, but today my most important one is that it's ruining my Wednesday afternoon. That's, that's really where I'm at right now. It's just that it absolutely gutted me here. Uh, with this situation and I, I was really getting into enjoying that game and, and going back through all the numbers and, and preparing a podcast where we just dove into it and we're still going to do that but it's not going to be this podcast because I don't want to muddy up that conversation with all of this I figured you know I should at least give my thoughts and, and insights if we're going to call them that on the news of the day and the way it sort of ironically, and it really is just the most Rockies thing ever, isn't it? To, to have your, your one day uh, interrupted by this. And they are going to be replaying the game this evening. If you're listening to this recording, it will probably be, if you've listened to it right as it's gone up, uh, just a few hours from now. Uh, but it's at 9.30 Mountain Time. So any of our friends who are out on the, the East Coast, are probably not going to be able to to stay up and and watch that, and that's just that's a real real bummer. That you know, if you don't have another way to watch the game, I, I really hope MLB Network would will just make this game available, maybe on YouTube or something, so that Rockies fans can watch it at their convenience. Uh, that would be really, really nice because it's an incredible game that uh, even if you're not a Rockies fan, it's like people who are, this is what's super frustrating about this right now to me is I know that there are people who are like uh, thinking about becoming Rockies fans. We've had people say, you know, Hey, I've been a Broncos fan. I've been an Avs fan. I've been a Nuggets fan. And, you know, but I got some time during this quarantine. I've been learning a little bit about the Rockies. I'm thinking maybe, you know, I'll try to learn about baseball this year. Maybe, you know, I've been learning about hockey, trying to bring people in to come learn about baseball. I'm seeing a lot of this movement. And so this would have been a perfect game. There were people asking in uh, our Discord chat for members, the lounge. Check it out on dmvr.com if you haven't yet. Talking about, you know, what are some essential Rockies games I need to check out? I want to become a fan. And this is this is one, this is maybe the place to start. This is where you want to be. And... Um, yeah, Annika, I'd love to see him play it tomorrow afternoon. Um, something, but they may have something scheduled. I'd just like to see them make it available again for 
Rockies fans to watch and potentially new Rockies fans to watch because it sure does feel like whether it's, you know, stuff out of anybody's control, the fates conspire or sometimes stuff completely in control. It, it is sort of like the proverbial. Anyone who's been a Rockies fan over the years knows this. Your guy gets to the all-star game. He's coming up to bat. What's going on? Literally anything other than a conversation about Brad Hopp or Matt Holliday or Todd Helton or early days, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado. Maybe some talk about Nolan now because he's reached that level. But other than that, it's an expose on somebody on the other team or a or a chat. Somebody's mic'd up, so they're talking to them or, or the whole thing is about Coors Field or whatever it is, right? And it just... Being a Rockies fan through the years, it feels like whenever these types of things come along, and it is your day, it's your day to be on MLB Network, we're showing your game, it's, you, you get to be excited about it uh, and relive this moment, and for it to get completely thrown off just entirely by something like this is, um, it's just the most Rockies thing ever, isn't it? It I guess it's in keeping with the brand, but it is extraordinarily frustrating to have this go down this way. And I was really hoping they were going to come back. I do think two or three segments would have been fine and then get us back into the game. Uh, but they, you know, but I do understand, like I said, what it is that they're, what it is that they're doing there. It just seems like, Almost any time there's a chance to really grow the Rockies community and really celebrate the Rockies or, or Rockies fandom or Rockies history. Um, like even the Larry Walker thing where you're like, yeah, he got into the Hall of Fame, but it took 10 years and he got in by six votes. So even then, you're like, like you don't have to let that temper your excitement. I try not to, but it does still kind of, it colors it a little bit for me. Uh, the whole thing, it's a little bit weird and, and washed out, if you ask me. I'll tell you what, though. You want to make sure that you're ready to tackle the world once the world is ready again to be tackled. You want to head over to msudenver.edu slash online. Scope out all the stuff they've got to offer. They've got over 40 online and hybrid programs over 750 classes that you can attend, whether you're looking to get work toward another degree, degree just get some real world experience. You want to learn a, a certain craft so that you'll be better in your job. Whatever it may be, there are a lot of different ways that you can get it done at msudenver.edu slash online. So make sure to head there and check out all the super cool stuff that they have got to offer today. Uh, so the other thing that uh, I wanted to mention here as we were looking at this um, this game 163 in 2007, we were having this conversation earlier when I jumped on a, a live chat with people as MLB Network was trying to figure out what to do with the news and then just sticking with the news. Um, but it was, and again, I want to be careful here about, I, I have no idea uh, about spreading around, you know, what's on YouTube and 
legalities. I'm really, I don't know. I just, I do not know uh, the answers to these questions. And I'm sure somebody does. However, there, I have been told that the Rockies documentary 21 Days is on YouTube. And uh, we're going to plan on watching that in the next couple of days and talking about it on the podcast probably on Monday. So if um, if you all are, are interested in that, I highly recommend you do so. I'm probably not going to tweet out the link uh, just because, again, I'm not sure like if the video would get taken down or, or what the deal is with any of those things. But if you can find it, uh, watch it. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking more 2007. Um, Wild the Innocent, no. I, I did not tell the Tony Gwynn Jr. story. I'm a little bit stuck in between here. Because I don't want to open up the floodgates too much about 2007 and game 163, because I think a lot of people are going to have some great stories to share. And I want to read a bunch of them and I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about the game and I want to talk about all the fanfare going into the game. Uh, And so I think we're going to save that for the next podcast we do. And so I will tell my Tony Gwynn Jr story there. And it ends just my story of where I was and, and uh, you know, like I'm sure we would all have when watching the Tony Gwynn Jr. play. It's not like I, 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 I haven't met Tony Gwynn Jr. or anything like that. Uh, it's not like my Ian Desmond story from, from a while back, if you recall that one, but just a, where I was and, and kind of that whole weekend, I believe it was a weekend that, that, couple of days um we'll get into all of that yeah we'll either save it for monday um we might do it tomorrow since they are going to replay the game tonight and what we might do is a deep dive on the game for tomorrow's podcast and then more of a conversation about the whole run in 2007 and and so we can do up to the game and even after the game uh, on Monday, and we should have a, a special guest for that. And Annika, we're, we're aiming at mountain time, afternoon to early evening for that. We'll be doing a, uh, actually, I'm not sure exactly how we'll be doing it. We may just be doing the podcast. Uh, I would love to do it like we're doing now with the live stream that's out on Periscope and Facebook and, and Twitch and YouTube, and people can come and ask questions and and do it that way. I think that would be a whole lot of fun, but we want to make sure that our uh, guest is totally cool with doing that. So um, we also just need to, you know, finish get everything, getting everything fully scheduled. And so it just may not work uh, for, from a scheduling standpoint. So, yeah. And Prof Nuggie says uh, Red Sox should have to give back the 07 World Series to whichever team made the World Series. Uh, it's only fair. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that team was. There, there's also a super duper irony in that too. And that two players, the two most important players on that 2007 Red Sox team were later named in the Mitchell report for PED use. Of course, I'm talking about David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, who absolutely powered the Red Sox 
through their sweep of the Colorado Rockies in 2007. And now we're living in an era and on a particular day where two of the last three world champions are now very much in question with the 2017 Astros and the 2018 Red Sox now having official punishment handed down by Major League Baseball for cheating. Regardless of what else we, you know, what we think of the punishments or um, how deep, whatever the details are, there's a lot of different ways you can spin it positively and negatively. This is, uh, is one of my favorite old Aaron Sorkin lines that I used to use a lot. Uh, maybe cooled off on it recently, but here's time to bring it back. It's from a few good men. These are the facts of the case. They are undisputed. Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros have been disciplined by Major League Baseball in connection to scandals that involved breaking the rules to steal signs, helping them win baseball games in seasons where both of those two franchises took home the World Series. These are the facts of the case. They are undisputed. Spin them how you like. This is not a good look for Major League Baseball. One of the cold, burning ironies of the beginning of the game and the announced team, and again, I don't want to get too deep into it because we've got plenty of time to talk about the actual game, I hope. There was a lot of stuff at the beginning about Matt Holliday could be MVP this year. Troy Tulowitzki could be Rookie of the Year this year. And, of course, we know that neither of them were. And it, it this whole picture just comes super clear into focus in a really weird and frustrating way, right? You're like, Matt, but Matt Holiday is not going to get MVP. All those people chanting, great, but he's not going to get MVP despite the fact that he – absolutely deserves to be MVP. Same thing with Troy Tulowitzki and Rookie of the Year. Who would Troy Tulowitzki lose Rookie of the Year to? A guy connected to PEDs later on in the Mitchell Report, Ryan Braun. So in 2007, the Rockies had the Rookie of the Year stolen by a guy who was on PEDs and arguably the World Series stolen by a guy who was on PEDs. Two guys who were on PEDs. Was Papelbon also maybe named in the Mitchell report? I can't recall. Or do we, or is he just a gigantic a-hole and we hate him for that? I can't remember. But I know for sure that Ramirez and Ortiz were, and it's the same organization that now has been caught cheating again. Not that many years later. And now we're just trying to enjoy a day when the unlikeliest of unlikely teams have anybody connected? I think Matt Hurgis was on that 2007 Rockies team, and, and he may have been connected to PED. It's not exactly a core player, but you know, honesty and fairness where it's due. One guy on the Rockies was later connected to PEDs. As far as I know, the Rockies have never been connected to any other kind of cheating scandal or anything remotely close to it. I guess they did have Jason Giambi for a couple of years. Um, so, so there's that. <laughs> there, there is that. Um, Okay. I mean, it, it, it balances out or it, it, it doesn't. But 
to be on this day. Oh yeah, the Red Sox with a couple of PED users would later bounce this team out of the World Series after, of course, the very famous long, long layoff as the Rockies rolled through the NLDS and NLCS. And it all of this other stuff has to hang over. The Red Sox are going to steal the headlines anyway. We're going to be reminded about all of these frustrating things that we have to call into question. Some of them, the last couple of World Series, is, is, is which is frustrating enough just as a baseball fan. But then you have to relive. Oh, yeah. And it also in 2007, Matt Holliday not winning the MVP. Troy Tulowitzki not winning Rookie of the Year or a gold glove. The Colorado Rockies generally being ignored from all postseason coverage until they finally got to the NLCS. Even then, like the Eric Burns stuff, and like they're not better than us. They haven't outplayed us. Not, they're just getting lucky. The people who wrote that afterwards, the reporters who would go out, local reporters who still to this day maintain that the 2007 Colorado Rockies were a fluke. They don't mention any of this other stuff about guys who were on PEDs or, you know, these. It's just, oy, 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 oy. it sure was a, a frustrating way for all of this to unfold. Prof Nuggie says, we drafted Nolan. That's cheating on a talent level. There you go. And Annika says, can you imagine if this happened to us, the cheating scandal, like we were the ones who cheated? Yeah. I mean, people already dismiss all of the Rockies' accomplishments, but if they were found cheating signs, uh, stealing cheating signs, excuse me, stealing signs and, and cheating offensively, the way their offensive numbers are already called into question uh, and the way they've got the home road splits. Cause that's one of the things, right? Like uh, some people seem to think that for some reason, the Astros cheating scandal was directly connected to their home ballpark. Didn't really have anything to do with that. You can check in illegally on the video camera from any ballpark. It wasn't a home road thing, but people thought that it was and, and, and still do. And so if the Rockies were doing it, um. yeah, they, they would be dismissed that much more. And people would be going, look at the home roads, but no wonder it's not even just Coors Field. These guys have the gigantic advantage at Coors Field, and now they're stealing signs. And that's why Charlie Blackman hit 340 with like 38 home runs that one year. And that's why Nolan Arenado, and that's why, and that's why, and that's why. And it just, it would be infuriating. But you know it would happen. And Annika, I don't know that most Denver media hates the Rockies, but I, I do think that they are getting very easily. I do think the vast majority of Denver media is very negative about the Colorado Rockies. Some of it's fair. I think a lot of it isn't. I think a lot of it um, just has to do with the number of people that, I got to be careful here, but I, but I, I, what I, I think there's a lot of people who, especially in the early days uh, of covering the Rockies and like the nineties and early two thousands just would much rather have been covering the Broncos and would, and would, would much rather have been covering a winning team and were people that didn't necessarily grow up baseball fans. So they didn't have a built in love of the game. And so they weren't able to, you know, appreciate a lot of just what you get to see at the ballpark every single day. Like 
when I was in 2014 and the Rockies were having a terrible year writing. And so I was just focusing on this kid at third base. Like This guy's going to be a superstar. What are you talking about, man? He's just another one of these prospects always hear about, and there's just always going to be those people. And the other thing too, is I think, you know, cynicism and negativity comes very easily just in journalism. And that can be very good. Being skeptical of things can be very good. And you ask the extra question and you don't take things at face value. And so you tend to think when the manager comes out and says things like, Hey, look, that's just baseball. And he's BSing you and he's covering up for his player. And that's just kind of a natural journalistic instinct. The problem is you have to have a baseball instinct to balance that against. And a lot of people that cover baseball, whether it's the Rockies or not, I think just don't have that built-in kind of understanding. And you didn't put me on the spot. This is a, a um, it is a perfectly fair question. Um, but I think a lot of it just comes from that because in baseball, it's impossible to be perfect. You can't write the same kind of glowing stuff even about Mike Trout, that you can about LeBron James or Tom Brady, who their greatness takes them to multiple championships and it makes everyone around them better. And they get all the endorsements and they show up in movies and they're, that's just not, that's just not baseball. You are going to make an out seven out of 10 times you're going to strike out in big spots. You're going to hit into game-ending double plays. Uh, you're going to give up a big home run as a pitcher. You're going to struggle. You're going to go through a season where your own fans can't stand you unless your name is Mike Trout. Even Nolan Arenado has had his times earlier in his career where people were like, I don't know. I thought you guys said this guy was the next big thing. It really took him until year three before he became a superstar. But yes, Annika, that's right. You have to be able to celebrate guys failing 70% of the time. And there's something that I think just a lot of people in our very competitive world, um, it's just not a natural instinct for them to be able to do that. And so I think that's why, you know, a lot of the negative writing about the, like one context, you you can t t take a look at the Rockies and their history and say things that I've heard a bunch of times from my friends in the media and from fans who are maybe a bit more cynical or skeptical or just frustrated or whatever. They've never won the division. This team has never won the division in their history. If you go back throughout the history of baseball, a team going 20 years of existing and not winning their division is relatively common, especially for new teams and especially during years when teams have absolutely dominated and before there was a wild card and teams didn't get into the postseason and the Yankees and the Red Sox were taking up 50% of the spots in the American League you know it there have been these long long periods where teams just haven't been e even close to competitive Prof Nuggie is right to point out Marlins have never won the division, but they've got two rings. It's a weird sport, and it's why they invented the wild card. But when, if you've been watching it all along with us, or if you haven't, I would highly recommend you go back and check out some of the baseball documentaries on PBS from Ken Burns. 
one of the things I think it does really, really well is show how important losing is to the game of baseball. And if anybody should understand that, it should be Red Sox fans. Maybe not the most modern, you know, younger Red Sox fans, but for a long time there, it was them. But I do think that it happens in younger baseball cities and with reporters for whom baseball is not in their blood that somebody like me who comes out and tries to explain, you know, why something that looked really bad or not great or whatever that the Rockies did or, or that happened out there on the diamond, um, you know, like my whole thing about why Ian Desmond doesn't need to be DFA'd a couple of years ago. That wasn't even, you know, oh, this guy's good. This guy's great. It was just like, actually, no, it's not real smart to pay him $20 million to play for somebody else. When I go and I do that, I sound like a big, gigantic excuse maker. How can you excuse all of that failure? It's like, I don't. I've just long since accepted it because I'm a baseball fan. The failure is there. It's about putting failure into the proper context. That's my job. If you wanted to state my my like on-field, on-site job as simply as possible, that would be it. Make context of the failure. That's what I do. And it's too easy to cite failure in this game and act like you've had an entire conversation. It's too easy to say, yeah, Prof Nuggy, but the, you know, the Rockies, they, they don't have the rings. So yeah, you, you can say that. Rockies have never won their division. Okay, but they've gotten to the postseason actually a decent number of times if you take a look at it compared to some of the other teams who've been really bad over these years. Rockies have been to the postseason more than the other bad teams, if you want to put it that way. But no rings. Yeah, well, okay, true. Also, Dodgers got cheated out of two rings possibly, and anyone making me feel bad for L.A. pisses me off. 100% Prof Nuggy, 100%. But it is difficult in an age of Twitter and 24-hour news cycles and have an extreme opinion. Don't have a nuanced middle ground opinion. It's got to be this guy's the best or that guy's the worst. Cut him from the team. It's not good enough just to say, man, he's having a really bad year. They need to find a way to limit his at-bats. It's got to be get rid of this guy completely. I never want to see his face again. You know, all of the in that world, it makes covering a sport that is very nuanced and requires you to take a long view of weeks, sometimes months at a time. And some people just aren't used to doing it. See some comments here, Joshua. Says no chance baseball happens this year. Uh, that girl Christy also saying baseball season ain't happening, unfortunately. Uh, I I I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't, I probably I shouldn't speculate. I, I could still see them getting some games in. It's gonna be weird 
Um, I don't think they're going to get in 162. But I do think you can play an 80-game baseball season and still get, you know, a pretty decent idea of a champion, of, of a winner. Um, I think you can play a truncated season. It's going to be weird. People are going to question it, but it's better than no baseball. Um, but, you know, well, let's keep our eyes and ears peeled. Let's listen to the experts. Um, let, let's follow the, the directions of the doctors. And, you know, if they got to play in empty stadiums or whatever, I say go for it. Whatever they need to do to make it happen, as long as it's safe. But, ooh, Prof Nuggy, great point. Would value an 80-game champion more than a cheating one. Um, and, and that, you know, Christy, I, I, I really can't get into, I don't, those are the, the scientific and, and, uh, nitty gritty doctor details. I just don't know. And if, if you're right, if, you know, if there's no vaccine, there's no testing, uh, I've heard people say, and this is where I, I do have to defer to other people. I've heard people say, you know, once testing is available for everybody, then it's okay to bring stuff like this back. Um, if it has to be no, not until there's a vaccine, then we're probably talking about a year out from what I understand. Uh, but again, those, those questions are better left to people who are much, much smarter than I am. Um, all I can say is that if the smart people who know, um, the doctors and scientists in charge, the CDC and the world health organization, and these people come out and say, it is okay to do it if you do it this way, then I would like to see some baseball. Um, but, you know, I'll be right there along with everybody else if it's not safe and they're trying to push it back anyway, saying, let's not do this. Um, uh, I'll be right as much as it would hurt, you know, me to not have any baseball, but personally, more personally than professionally, honestly, I'll. I'll be fine. I'll have, there'll be stuff we can cover. We can keep watching old games. We can keep playing video games. We can keep hanging out and doing chats like this, uh, creating uh, video content for you guys to watch. There's a lot of stuff that I can do. So from a, uh, a professional standpoint, I'll be fine if we don't play any baseball this year from a personal standpoint, I will just like all of you be very, very heartbroken. I, I very much enjoy watching baseball. I would like to, um, I would like to watch baseball, um, but it has to be safe. People's people's lives are more important, and so yeah, yeah. Um, I hope we get to play. I hope we get to play, but we'll all just. Uh, I'm a very much. I'm a play it by ear kind of person. I don't like to think too far in advance. I was just talking about being a big wide angle view. Maybe I spend all of that brain power thinking about big gigantic baseball seasons and hundreds of games and thousands of hits and all of these kinds of things that on a day-to-day basis, those of you that have followed along, you know, during a season know that um, I'll I'll have a a large angle view of like statistical things and what the Rockies are doing. And then somebody will ask me like, okay, so who's coming into town after this? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know who they play in three days. I have no idea because I'll get so focused on the details right in front of my face and preparing for the next day's game. And that's just kind of, you know, my, my preparedness 
ability. So when people start asking, you know, in a couple of weeks, do you think baseball? In a couple of months, do you think baseball will be back? Like, I can't even. I can't even. Like, I will wait uh, until Rob Manfred and the governor uh, issue a statement. Uh, <laughs> or the governor of Arizona, I guess, and Florida, if that's where they're going to do stuff. I don't know. Whoever whoever makes the call, whoever that will be, I, I will listen to what they have to say, and then I will play my part as we move along. One of the things that's really helped me, though, with my natural anxiety, uh, with migraines that would really be out of control during a time like this, especially if I was still drinking regular coffee, is Strava. The Strava Craft Coffee is an absolute lifesaver for me. You can get 20% off your online order if you use code DNVR20. It's completely safe. Online order, ship it to your house. Tag us and Strava when you get your order in. Let the community uh, out there see what you got. Uh, they're, they're a great, great business. They deserve your support. Uh, and again, like I'm, I'm not making it up. It really has made a difference for me. In my life, I, I got to drink coffee. It gets me going in the morning. That's just my way. But the, the jitters and the anxiety and the migraines would have just been a nightmare during these times when I couldn't go outside regularly, go, you know, uh, do some of the things I would normally do uh, to get moving around. Annika, it absolutely does. Um, I've, I've gotten bad migraines throughout my uh, entire life. I've gotten tension, tension headaches, um, and the, they're made far uh, less frequent and and uh, intense since I've switched over to drinking Strava all the time. The biggest thing you notice right away is not getting the jitters um, and the kind of crash that can come with normal coffee. But uh, yeah, the, the long-term effects that I've noticed for sure are the, uh, the, the, the lack of migraines, not the total lack of migraines, but almost completely has eliminated that for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can't promise that it's going to be the same way for everybody all the time, but uh, CBD has really been a wonder for me. It's uh, again, you can get 20% off. So try it. You know, you get a nice little deal there if you use the promo code DNVR20. Um, <clears throat> but I do highly, highly recommend Strava. I drink it every morning. Um, several cups of it because I drink way too much coffee. And that was part of the problem. I was starting to really feel the effects of it on my health. Um, and, and I can feel them reversing through these last several weeks. I've probably, probably been on Strava alone for over a month now. Uh, and it's just so, so much better. I was actually really looking forward to how it was going to impact me once I started going back to the ballpark. That was going to be the real test because I drink more coffee on those days, like day game after a night game. That was going to be Strava's like bottom of the ninth, runner at second, uh, down by one, you're at the plate moment for Strava Craft Coffee. It was going to be 10-game homestand, Sunday afternoon, day game after a night game to finish it off. It's a big one. It's a it's a division rival. They got the Dodgers. They've split the first two games. You got to be there. John Gray's on the hill. He's having a great season. Uh, you need that Strava Craft coffee to get your ass to the ballpark at eight thirty in the morning when you left at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, that's where Strava needs to step up and be my hero and make it so that I don't have a jittery caffeine crash in the middle of Bud Black's morning press conference. <laughs> that, that is not what you want to have. Uh, looking forward to those days coming back whenever they may. Uh, but yeah, let's all 
Let's all stay safe out there. We've gone good and long here, so I'm going to leave uh, the rest of our fun Game 163 from 2007 conversation for our next podcast. Uh, I may record that around noon tomorrow. We'll see what happens. We've got a couple of things on the docket. We've got a a really fun one we're going to do. I don't think we've got it 100% locked in, but there should be tomorrow, that's Thursday, at, I'm double-checking here, around 3, so about 24 hours from where I'm talking to you now live. Uh, it'll be less than that, obviously, once the podcast gets posted. You're going to have a special guest. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be live. Come and ask some questions. We'll be talking Rockies. We'll be talking uh, We'll be talking stand-up comedy. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. That's Thursday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, bring your questions, bring your laughs, uh, and then I may try to sneak in some talk about game 163. Before that, if not, we'll do it over the weekend. We'll watch the, the documentary. We'll all have a good time reliving the most successful year in Colorado Rockies history. Thank you all for hanging around and joining us for the live chat today. Make sure you're following on all the social media. If you don't have a Twitch account, they're a really really easy to create just like creating a twitter account you can find all kinds of fun stuff we're doing on twitch we're playing games uh sometimes we're just playing video games but sometimes we're playing games with each other we got wgt golf going on uh we got jackbox games are going to be a lot of fun fun for the whole family you can come hang out with the dnvr crew and just have fun with us um we're doing whatever it is we can come up with to do we'll be doing trivia games uh rocky stuff uh, Ouroboros can uh, attest to it, says the Twitch content has been absolutely awesome. And if you happen to be uh, an Amazon Prime member, you can also shoot us just a little bit of cash at free cost to you on Twitch. If you follow us there, you can go up to the top, click subscribe. It'll give you an option to link to your Amazon Prime account. It costs you nothing. It sends us a little bit of donation. It helps us you know, through these times when every little bit helps. It's been crazy out there with no sports to cover. We're, we're doing our best, but every time you can help our sponsors and, and help us out with things like that or, or buying a t-shirt or a hat, it really, really does go a long way. So make sure you're subscribed to everything, including the dnvr.com and all the podcast feeds. We're going to, in fact, the next thing that's coming on here live on the Twitch that we've been doing, and you can come and ask questions uh, about four o'clock PM mountain time is going to be the Denver sports podcast. So sometimes we're doing live podcasts. Sometimes we're playing video games. I can't wait till we're doing the trivia where you guys can come on like contestants on a who wants to be a millionaire or a jeopardy or a family feud style game show. And Patrick Lyons has Rocky's trivia. And if you get enough questions, right, then you win a DNVR hat. Like it's going to be off the chain. You don't want to miss any of that. You've got to subscribe to that Twitch account. Again, it's super easy to set up. If you've got a Facebook account, if you've got a Twitter account, then you'll be able to figure this out. It's just as simple as setting it up that way. And we've been having a lot of fun with it. It's also where we do the DNVR gaming podcast. So thank you all for hanging out, continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.